hey everyone welcome to today's episode of emotional duct tape i'm Corey. i'm jamie yes you are how are you doing jamie I'm doing very well, Corey. It is my first week at my new job, and um, it is wild and crazy, and I am just loving it, honestly. Um, but I am currently uh, recording this episode from my car. It's like Carpool Karaoke, the podcast version. <laughs> oh my god, I love that. So sing, sing us some, some jams. Um no, that's great. I'm I'm so happy you've we've been talking a lot this week, and you just you're in your element again. I love it. Yes, thank you. I appreciate that. What's going on by you? Actually, crazy enough. Um, uh, on a serious note, I was just getting ready for the uh, episode, checking Facebook, and I found out a a family friend passed away. Um, really, uh, someone oh, who someone who shouldn't have passed away. Uh. And so I have to do some uh, some inquiries later today uh, and ask some questions to people. So um, yeah, are you okay? Uh, it's it's more of a shock at this point. Like the person and I hadn't really talked in a while, but um, sure. But it's it's still doesn't like, mean that doesn't make it any less significant. Well, it's it's just a very surreal thing, you know. Um, when that happens, just because you find out through Facebook, you're like, this is really strange. Um, but the re and actually in in a weird sort of way, this this happening kind of is really appropriate to today's episode. Uh, so before we get too far into the conversation, please welcome today's guest, Jackie Gaten Cooper. Hi. Jackie, it's Hi, so, Jackie. It's so nice to have you here. Thank you for having me. So um, uh, the reason why I bring up all this is because Facebook led me to Jackie for one thing. Um, but Jackie, uh, she and I were in this mutual uh, group on Facebook that talks about grief. I talk about the grief group on pod, uh, the podcast a lot. Uh, but Jackie told the story about the passing of her father. And not only that, but just the, the relationship she had with her father and um, how she found out he passed uh, on Facebook. And so we're going to talk kind of this, this two, two front grief process for her. Um, uh, and so Jackie, uh, your, your father's passed away now. Um, how long has it been? It's been about nine months, I think, in June. Um, can, can I ask what he passed away from? If it was, was it COVID related or anything? Or? It was not COVID related. Uh, he actually worked at a nursing home. Uh, so he had to get tested quite a bit and he actually got tested like the day before he passed. Oh, wow. Um, and he was negative. So it was, it was not COVID related. That's good. Um, That's good. We think it was a heart attack in his sleep or something related to that. Mm -hmm. Uh, they, they ruled it to be a cardiac event um, because he had high blood pressure and he had diabetes. Wow. So um, I didn't do an autopsy. So I guess we'll never like fully know, but that's kind of what we have gotten based off Very of medical sorry. records. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry for your loss. That's something that's, I mean, it's, it's never easy, but um, your, your story is really compounded by the fact that you and your dad never really had, the relationship i'm sure maybe you 
most, most people have with their dads or maybe even the relationship you wanted. So uh, let's talk about that a bit. So th- like, what, what was the dynamic like with you and your dad, uh, if, if anything at all? So, you know, when I was a kid, I uh, worshiped him, um, even though he was kind of like, you know, not around a lot. Anytime that he was around, I was like, oh my God, I'm so excited. Um, so, you know, when I was growing up, uh, my mother and him were separated. They were separated from, I, I think I was like one when they got a divorce. Yeah. Um, so I don't remember them ever being together, but when I was growing up, my mother was trying to get her degree and she was working multiple jobs. And if I wasn't at my grandparents' hair shop during the day, during the summer, I was at his house during the day, during the summer. Um, and actually that time that I spent at his house is I think why I learned about, uh, Microsoft suite or whatever, like Microsoft PowerPoint Word, Excel, because he would just sit me in front of the computer and then he would, uh, he would go to sleep. So, um, so we didn't have, interesting. yeah, we didn't have the closest relationship. Um, he was kind of in and out as it suited him. Um, and I don't really, I don't want to say like, maybe not suited him. I mean, he always said that it was because he had to work, um, but he just wasn't a, pr- a constant presence. Um, and when he was there, I was super excited. Um, but then as I got older, uh, like, you know, around the time that I graduated college, um, he didn't come to my college graduation, um, because he said that he'd eaten a bad lasagna the night before. So he didn't come to my college graduation. Um, and that was actually the day that he was supposed to meet my boyfriend, now husband. Um, and so he, he didn't come to that. But then I moved off to upper Mississippi for graduate school. And at that point, once I got into grad school um, and I was living five and a half hour drive away from where we're from, it kind of got to the point where I only went home like twice a year, once at Christmas and once in the summer. And it kind of got to the point of like, well, if you have time, I'll see you. If you don't, I guess I won't see you. So at the time of his passing, it had been like a year and a half since I'd seen my dad in person. You know, this is anybody else who's, who's listened to our podcast. um, You know, this, this just sounds so much like, you know, what you went through with your father as well, Corey. Um, And uh, I also, when my mother passed, I had not seen her in person in years. Um, We were close over the phone, but um, I'm just hearing like so many similarities in this like, you know, uh, type of situation where you have a parent who you are really, you, you want present in your life and you're, you're becoming the parent in a, in, a, in a way of, you know, trying to get them to be involved. And I, I think that has its own grief associated with it. Um, I know it certainly did did for me, uh, where I just felt like I, I hated that I was trying to work so hard to get somebody that birthed me, you know, or was part of making me to, to, to want me and, and want to know about me in my life. So that's, I mean, that's tough. 
it's it's a really hard process to reconcile with with how you should feel about your parents like you said because you you kind of idolize your dad and um the beauty of being a parent is uh, as as i found out with myself is that um i'm a screw up sometimes but my kid will still look at me like like as i'm like a superman and i th- i think that's really beautiful but um there's also that point though too like like jamie said where the rose colored glasses start to change and you start to see like okay like this person who supposedly you know like you probably in the world you know supposedly loves me but they're they're not putting they're not putting the effort in and why not you know am, am i not enough did you deal with any sort of like any sort of questions about your self-worth or your like why doesn't he want me around or why why isn't he making more effort oh 100 percent um you know when i was i think i was probably six or seven when he married his second wife my stepmother um who he was married to up until after hurricane katrina um and i was not a part of the wedding i mean i wasn't even invited to the wedding um and it was one of those situations where i definitely thought about you know like why doesn't he want me around you know why does he constantly keep me separate from everything else in his life and i'd never understood that um unfortunately until after he passed um is when i kind of started to somewhat understand why he might have been keeping me separate from everything else in his life but um yeah i mean i i definitely went through that um in high school especially you know just feeling like you know he would promise to come to things and then he wouldn't (laughs) you know i'd written um senior year of high school i played basketball all throughout high school but senior year our last home game you know, they invite the parents onto the court and they do like, they read this thing that all the students have written about their parents. And, um, you know, yeah, it's really, really sweet. And I, you know, my dad had told me that he was going to come. So I'd written all of these things about him that weren't necessarily true, but that I guess I kind of wanted to be true. Um, And then that evening he just called and canceled and, uh, you know, I remember going up to the teacher that was the, reading the thing and I said, I need that back. Um, she gave it back to me and I just like erased everything that I'd written about him. And then I wrote like this really long thing about my stepdad, um, who was there, who did show up that evening and who did come out onto the basketball court with me. Um, and he was so moved by it that he cried. And then he went over to the lady and asked if he could have it. <laughs> So. Oh, oh I, I like this the twist on that is the relationship with your stepdad pretty solid yeah yeah uh, my stepfather's pretty great yeah um, that's so, so it's, it sounds like you and i are cut from the same cloth my stepdad is i call him dad like my son calls him you know papa like there's like whatever void my biological father left my stepdad filled um so would would you say like the the graduation and meeting your your now husband you think was that kind of the the, the final straw for you to kind of just check out and be like okay I'm going to start to distance myself from No I I really think that it had been kind of already in the works prior sure. to that um and then it just got to be he and I were both he I mean, he was probably better at this than me but I'm also good at avoiding tough situations um and so when I moved away I was just like well this is an even better excuse to just not engage and not just 
not think about it. You know, this just that part of me just doesn't exist. I don't need to think about it. When I have time with him, I have time with him. And, you know, I convinced myself that that time with him was enough and that um, I should just enjoy what I had and not ask for anymore and not um, just kind of let it go and let it be because I was like, it's just going to be like this for the rest of my life. You know, I was like, maybe he'll be a better grandparent than he was a parent. Cause I think you see that sometimes, but, um, I guess we'll never know, but for me, the, the, the watershed moment where I really liked the relationship where my, my dad and I like just almost ceased to exist and became very surface level is, uh, my dad, I called him one day asking why he hadn't talked to me in a while. And one of the excuses he used was he had to let the dogs out. And for me, that was like, okay, this is how, this is how far in the well he's digging for excuses. And that's where I had to kind of close myself off. And um, granted, there was a relationship after that, but then it just kind of um, it kind of just dissolved. So let's let's jump ahead a little bit now to to finding out about his passing. Um, let's let's kind of talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So um, 2020 was a crazy year. Uh, I finished my doctoral degree. We moved um, to a metropol large metropolitan area. My husband and I are both from very small towns and very rural areas of Mississippi and Alabama. So uh, this was a big shock for us. Um, we moved here and I started a new job and he started a new job. And um, yeah, we, neither of us deal with change super well. So we weren't like crushing it. You know, we were struggling with also the fact that 2020 was just a terrible year. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we were both kind of at our point where we were like, oh my God, I'm so tired of this. Uh, and I had decided, you know, to take a day off to spend with him. Um, and he and I, you know, we went to the aquarium and we went and, you know, we did some fun, you know, things to do in this area and we had a, we had a pretty decent day um and that night this person that I've never met in my life tried to friend me on Facebook and I was like I don't know you so so I didn't add them um and it didn't dawn on me to check my message requests and see if they had sent me a message explaining why they might have tried to add me on Facebook didn't dawn on me until the next morning uh, when I was just laying in bed trying to convince myself to get up and go to the gym and I'm just looking at Facebook and I see that I have a message and then I click on it and I don't see a message and I'm like what, what's going on I'm like wait do I have a message under message requests and so I click on it and it's this person that would try to friend me the night before um, offering me condolences saying that they're mother was really close work friends with my dad and that they were very sorry for my loss and it was important to them to reach out to me and that's how I found out uh because I wow <laughs> and so I'm sure there's like this this sort of like surreal like what, what are they talking about and then you're like wait what and then there's this whole like uh uh process of like shock and awe and then you're like hubby like so this like what's going on and then so then at that point did you start to like try to reach out to everybody who like your family and figure out what was going on so my husband had actually already left for work so I was just here by myself yeah. um and I you know I was in shock and I didn't believe it um even though they had my dad's name I just didn't believe it so I called him 
Um, and of course he didn't answer the phone. Uh, and then I called again and of course he didn't answer. And so then <laughs> I called, uh, I called my mother and my mom and dad have been divorced since the nineties. And so, you know, it's not like she's going to know, but she might know like who to call. And I mean, I couldn't even get the words out without screaming. And, you know, we both panicked. Neither of us could remember the name of the nursing home that he worked at. Um, we were, we managed to get a number tracked down to call them and God bless the lady that answered the phone that day to confirm for us that he had in fact passed away, that he had not, yeah, he had not shown up for work the day before. And that was very, very, very unlike him. He always showed up for work. Um, and then his neighbor, he didn't show up for dinner with his neighbor and his neighbor is the one that found him. Oh, goodness. Isn't it? You know, it's really crazy. Um, I mean, your reaction is not surprising to me. Um, I I had a similar situation where I, you know, somebody was concerned about somebody. And so my first instinct was like, well, let me call. And I called them and they did not pick up because they were dead. And I didn't know they were dead, but I found out shortly thereafter. But, you know, like, even so, it's like, it's just like, I don't know. I, I wonder how many other people have that reaction or if there are other reactions because, you know, that to me was like my, the first instinct, like, well, they can't be dead. Let me call them, <laughs> you know? And in hindsight, you're like, oh, well, what? <laughs> like, obviously you can't call that person for confirmation. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even know who else to call. You know, I knew that he's very close with his uh, next door neighbor but aside from knowing his neighbor's name, I had no contact information for his neighbor. Wow. Um, I did not have the contact information for anyone that he worked with or even his work. So I, I really did not know who to call. Um, it was a very shocking kind of situation where, you know, he was uh, there by himself. You know, he wasn't married. Uh, he, his girlfriend, I think, uh, I guess they were still dating at the time. She's living in a completely different state. Um, and you know, he had this neighbor, but that that's about it. Uh, his family's on the completely opposite side of the United States. So I really, I was really kind of at a loss. I was like, I really, I really don't know what to do. So with that whole, um, so obviously you're kind of going into like investigatory, like how can I, you know, take care? What, what can I find out um, in the back of your head? Are, are, are you, are you feeling emotions about this with your dad? I mean, I know the relationship is kind of, you know, distant at this point, but like, what, what are you feeling emotionally? Are you a, are you trying to process the grief? Or are you just trying to. Oh, it was, yeah, it was terrible. When I, when I finally, you know, got it confirmed for me that he had in fact passed I held it together on the phone with my mother because that's what I do. I always hold it together when I'm talking to her. Yeah. Um, but I, as soon as I got off the phone with her, I s- screamed into my pillow. I cried, I sobbed. Um, and then my instinct was to start drinking, but it was like eight o'clock in the morning. So it wasn't an acceptable yeah. time to start drinking. So I decided to go to our gym here at this apartment um, and do some cardio kickboxing. Um, And then after I came back from that, then I started drinking because it was closer to lunch. (laughs) Wow. 
um, it was, it was a rough day. And I actually, that day it got even crazier just because, um, when my husband finally did come home from work with something for me to eat, it was the first thing I'd eaten all day. And I took like a couple of bites of it. And then I decided that I couldn't sit still. So I was going to go back to the gym and I was at the gym for about 15 minutes when I started to feel intense itching at the back of my neck and like something was all over my face. And so I looked at myself on my phone and I saw like these hives all over my face. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So I, you know, started walking back to the apartment and I, then my tongue started to feel weird and I started to feel (gasps) dizzy. Um, I thought, because I've never had any like huge allergic reactions to anything. I thought it was just something I'd come into contact with the gym and I thought I'll just take a quick shower and I'll be fine. (laughs) Um, the shower made it worse. So then I started fainting. Um, I was in and out of consciousness. Yeah. So basically I went into anaphylactic shock, just completely out of nowhere. Um, on the day that my dad passed away, when the ambulance picked me up, my blood pressure was 70, 30. So it was very, very low. Yeah. It, it was, oh uh, my goodness. And it wasn't, it had nothing to do with the food that, that you would, the little bit of food you had eaten. So what I've gathered, I went to see an allergist a couple of weeks after that. And what I've gathered is that, um, it was what they call exercised in exercise induced anaphylaxis. Wow. Um, yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> this is a plot ooh. twist. I was not expecting. <laughs> right. So it's wow. when you, when you eat something that is like a, a mild allergen. So I had shrimp curry. Apparently I have a very mild allergy to shrimp. I never knew because I've eaten seafood my entire life and never had an issue. Um, so I eat this shrimp and, you know, you couple that with the fact that I'd been drinking for the better part of the day. Um, all these things are high in histamines. Uh, so then I go and I do a high intensity workout and it just expedites the process. Plus a completely very stressful, I mean, let's not forget, like you had a very stressful shock and the, even like just the adrenaline and things, you know, I imagine contributed to the fainting and all of that. Holy moly. I'm so sorry you went through that. Yeah, it it was, it was insane. Um, I've never experienced anything like that in my life. And I don't think that it's likely to ever happen again, unless we literally, I mean, I'm a scientist, so I'm like, okay, we'd have to like repeat all of the scenarios. It does not sound like a day I would ever want to repeat. Yeah. I mean, I've been a little bit curious of being like, if I eat a piece of shrimp and then, you know, I have EpiPens now, so I'm, I, I should be if I would be prepared if something happened, but <laughs> thank goodness. Wow. So, that's crazy. Sorry. I did not mean to interrupt no. you, but I'm just like, Whoa, what is, what is that? That's just shocking. Yeah, so, so yeah, go ahead. Keep talking. Sorry. Oh no. So that, that was that day for me. That was, um, so and you don't have any other relatives who like, I mean, were you kind of like in charge of, of getting everything kind of going for the funeral and all that? Yeah. So, I mean, he has his parents, his mother passed away in 2010 and his dad passed in 2015. He has three sisters, but they live on the other side of the United States over in Alaska. Um, so, and they were all estranged from him at the time of his passing as well. They, they were all having a, they, I don't, I don't even know when the last time they had spoken to him was. 
Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not entirely certain. And so he didn't have any other kids and he wasn't married. So yeah, every, everything fell on me to get done. And I mean, that's, that's gotta be kind of a reckoning of sorts too, because I mean, you're, you're kind of forced to face things on a really, really close to the heart level because um, you have to make all the plans and you probably have to go to his house and go through his stuff and start the process of, of cleaning. And, you know, like, like you're trying to, to, I'm sure and part of you too, being the, being a scientist, you want to investigate his life. You want to see like what's going on, like what, what have I missed out on? Like, who is he now? I don't even really know him. Like what, what, what's, what's happening there? Yeah. Uh, you know, I had told my mom when we found out and before, before my trip to the ER, I had told her that I would not be able to drive myself the five and a half hours to get down there. Yeah. Um, so she and my stepfather and one of my cousins were on their way up here to pick me up. And then they were going to, uh, one of them was going to drive my car separately so that I could drive myself back. Um, whenever that time came, they were in route when the whole emergency room trip happened. <laughs> so they- oh my <laughs> goodness. What a day for all of you. I yeah. mean, definitely never forget that day. No. So they, they were quite panicked, but when they finally did get here, um, I was back here at the apartment and, um, we, you know, we went to bed cause it was late. <laughs> um, and then we got up the next morning and we drove down there. And then I think I had enough time to go into my mom and stepdad's house and sit down my things. And then we got, my mother and I got back in the car and we went to the funeral home and we saw him and we made the arrangements Mm. and then we immediately left there and went to his apartment and started going through his apartment and I wanted to make quick work of it so we we did it by 10 p.m that night we were finished wow yeah so I want to talk about this um if that's cool with you guys um because you know I feel like this is kind of a, a common thing that I have seen in my, you know, in my own scenarios and how other people deal with, with grief. It's a, it's a, a lot of people take the approach of let's knock everything out. Let's not delay, you know, but I, I haven't figured out why we do this. I think, I think it's a coping mechanism probably. Um, and any listeners who want to, if you guys know anything about this, <laughs> if you learned in therapy or something, please email us or Instagram messages. Cause I'm, I'm very curious about this. Um, but you know, I definitely think it's a coping mechanism, but if you think about it and you really stop to think about it, the person has passed, right? Why are we rushing to get rid of them? Yeah. Um, and I don't think necessarily that we're trying to get rid of them, but like, why, like, why, what are we rushing for? Um, it's a, it's just a, it's a, it's a complicated thing, right? Um, so I'm kind of, you know, I'm glad that you, you uh, brought it up because I think it's, it's something that a lot of us deal with and, you know, I, partly, so this is like totally kind of off topic, but uh, I've, I read this book about behavior and one of the things that they talk about is um, nurses were uh, ripping bandages off of patients, uh, like burn victims quickly because they thought it was going to be less pain for them and when they actually talked to the patients 
they found out that um, it was like kind of more shocking and almost the anticipation of that fast pulling of the bandages was actually worse than if they actually stopped and took their time. But it was the pain for the person who was doing it, knowing that they were hurting somebody and then also the oh. patient. Yeah, it's a really interesting uh, study. Um, but I feel like that's kind of a metaphor for this situation, right? Of like, we want to make quick work of it, like you said, because it feels like it's going to be less painful. But I find that I wish I, like when I look back at it, I wish I hadn't done things the way I had because I'm now trying to heal. And um, if I had given myself a little bit more time before, I might be better off now that makes any sense and I don't know how like how, how do you feel about like now with a little bit of hindsight how also, do you feel about how it went <laughs> well you know going through his apartment I should say that that was a I made quick work of that um just because I mean it's a painful place to be um I had not seen the inside of his home in like six years uh, because he would either meet me somewhere or he would have me wait outside. And I always thought, okay, it's, you know, it's probably dirty, like grown man living by himself, um, working as much as my dad worked. I was like, it's probably dirty, not a big deal. I expected it to be dirty. I did not expect what I saw when I got there and finding out that, um, he just wasn't, it, it became very clear that he was not well mentally mm -hmm. that um mm -hmm. he was struggling with hoarding um it was oh. and it was such a small place um it was literally like the living room was the bedroom and then there was a kitchen area and then the bathroom this is I mean the whole place was probably maybe like slightly bigger than the room I'm sitting in now wow so and there was stuff everywhere and so I just you know, it was September in Mississippi, so it was still hot. Uh, his AC wasn't working too well. The lights weren't working too well. Uh, so I just was like, let's. Wow. Let's oh, so this was like not even like a metaphorical, like made, you know, you like you like literally the conditions. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Wow. Okay. I mean, and, and it was another thing that we kept in it. I mean, I say that we, we finished at that location that day but we brought a lot of stuff back with us to go through because there were just bags and boxes and suitcases full of pieces of paper and we didn't know what was important and what wasn't so my mother and I brought it back to her house and we went through every single piece of paper that he had and it would be things like receipts uh old mail junk mail just any anything and everything for like I think the oldest piece of paper we found was from 2010 so it had been like a solid decade of keeping everything um the original car title to my car was also found wow. within these <laughs> suitcases and stuff this is wild this is wild so you know with that I mean I I imagine that 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 just compounded your grief process 
Yeah, it, it was pretty intense. I was not, I was not prepared. I, and I don't think that anyone was, uh, I don't think any of us knew except for maybe some of the women that had, that he had dated that had lived with him for a period of time knew, but no one thought to tell me. So um, sure. I, I didn't have a clue that any of that was going on. His neighbor also knew, but I, you know, I just, I didn't know. And so, I mean, honestly, by the time I finally finished everything for him, I think it was December when I finally finished. And I think it's honestly, a lot of it has to do with the fact that I don't live there. Um, I think it would have been a lot easier if I'd lived there. The, you know, take, for example, his bank account, closing his bank account, something that, you know, should be, I think, somewhat easy. He didn't have anyone listed on there. So I had to go and get an affidavit to get access <laughs> to close it. And it took, it took a solid like two and a half months to get that done. Cause I signed the affidavit when I came down for my wedding. And then I we we finally were able to close oh, yeah. oh, holy. we were able to close the bank account like right after christmas like the, a couple of days after christmas so it, it was and i think that all of that would have been easier if i lived in the area but i it yeah it took about two and a half months three months to get it to get everything completely done funny enough i actually also got a medical bill for him this year for his COVID tests. Wow. I was like, yeah. They were charging for COVID tests? I, I, I don't think that they should, given that they were mandatory for his work, but. What? Wild. So, so I didn't, wild. I did not pay it. <laughs> so through the process of going through his life, were you able to kind of get some closure to your relationship with him? I think that it, yeah, I, I think it, um, understanding that there was a lot more going on than I knew has put a different perspective on it for me. Um, a lot of the times and growing up when, you know, he just wouldn't show up to things and he would use this excuse of work, which, you know, I'm not saying it wasn't always true, but I am saying, you know, like my mother worked three jobs and went to school and still showed up for me. Um, so I uh, never understood why he couldn't take some time to come to whatever, dance recitals, whatever. Uh, but it did bring some closure in knowing that it wasn't about me. Um, this was very clearly a mental health issue. I'm, you know, and I don't know for a fact, but I'm pretty certain based off of what I saw that he was quite depressed. Um, sure. It sounds like it. And that, you know, and I know what that's like, because I mean, I, I have depression as well. I, that I see a therapist and I take medication for it. So I, it's, but it kind of sounds for me, I think that I don't think he ever got any help. And maybe that stems from the fact that his father was a military man and he probably just said, buck up and get through it. Um, so, you know, and it was just a different time as well. I mean, I, I think to an extent too, you probably realize like your dad loved you in the way he knew how, even if it wasn't what you needed, mm -hmm. he, he did love you. Oh no, that became very, very, very clear. Yeah. Um, going through 
this stuff, I found all these pictures um, that I didn't even know existed. Oh, um, wow. You know, and then I'm going around and I'm trying to uh, cancel like his car insurance or his phone or his PO box or whatever. And I'm running into these people that are complete strangers to me. He never mentioned them to me. And they're telling me every detail about my life. Oh, wow. Um, so wow. he was. Oh, I mean, that's, it's kind of beautiful. Yeah. yeah the, this woman at the post office was like, wait, are you the daughter? And then just started telling me everything. I was, I was taken aback. I, I was like, okay, I knew that he bragged, you know, to his co-workers and I knew that, you know, because in my mind growing up, I always thought, you know, it's not me that he's proud of. I'm just like a show trophy or whatever. Like he just brings yeah. me out to like make himself look better. That's what I thought. That's what I genuinely thought growing up. And now I know that it, you know, that's not, I had it all wrong. That's not at all what it was. It was genuine pride, like just so proud of me that he talked to me about literally anyone that would listen. Oh. Did, did knowing that, finding that out, did, did that give you more peace or did that compound things um, more like, I mean, did it give you more peace or did it make you like feel stronger emotions about mourning or maybe about both? I don't know. Yeah, I, I feel like for me, uh, it just made me so sad. <laughs> I was so, so, so sad um, feeling like he was just very... Like I just misunderstood him for my entire life and the hope that I had that things would get better at some point, just learning that, just, you know, realizing that it was never going to get better because now this is what we have, you know, and he's gone and this yeah. is what I've got. And this is what I now have to figure out how to work through. And, and so how do you fix, I mean, you can't fix a relationship with someone that, that's gone. Yeah. Um, but you know, I saw a therapist who pointed out to me that we could never know whether or not my relationship with him would have ever gotten to where I wanted it to be given 30 more years of time. And I know that that person is right because I know, you know, my wedding was coming up. There was a lot of, uh, around the time of his passing, my wedding was like a month and a half out. And I, um, one of the things that had been a big area of concern was whether or not he was going to show up. Yeah. Um, and I was bracing myself for him to not show up. Uh, I was, I wouldn't even have a conversation about it because I was like, I don't even know why we're talking about this. Like, he's just not going to be there. Yeah. Um, and so I think if he hadn't passed and let's say he hadn't shown up to the wedding, things would be basically exactly the same as they were this whole, you know, looking back on it and feeling bad and everything like that's all just because he passed. Yeah. It, I think it's incredibly 100% likely that it would be exactly the same if he hadn't. Yeah. 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 I think it's best sometimes like it sounds like your therapist you know is is on the right track as, as far as like you can't dwell on it you can't change it and um there's a good chance that it would have been the same outcome anyway but that that disappointment is still never easy um so 
totally understand that. <laughs> so, yeah. So thinking about, I mean, obviously, you know, this, this is all still fresh. I mean, because it's not even been a year, it's been nine, nine months, you said. So, I mean, obviously you're probably still going to therapy. You're probably, anyway, you were going to therapy anyways, but now you're talking about this a little more directly. Um, and you're kind of getting them a better idea of how to grieve. Like I said, the, the, the true front grief, not only not starting, starting to kind of realize who your dad was and reconciling, you know, the relationship you didn't have, but also, um, you know, processing his passing because uh, death in itself, but somebody that close to you in your life that, that comes with complex emotions. So um, I would imagine that is the case. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's been, um, yeah, it, I, I thought that I had experienced grief before because like in 2018, uh, my mom's father passed away and he was 83. He had Alzheimer's. We knew it was coming for about five years. We knew it was coming. Um, and it was still just horribly sad just because, you know, he was like a father figure to me as well, because my mother and I had lived with my grandparents up until I was about 12. Um, so he was like a father figure to me. And so that was a really tough loss when he passed away, even though he was old and we knew it was going to come. So I thought that I had been through some pretty hard times and then my dad passed away just completely out of nowhere with no warning. And I'm just, it, this is unlike anything I've ever felt in my life. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. And then, I, you know, and then I, the reason that I joined the, the grief group on Facebook is just because I don't know. I'm like, I'm trying to find people that feel similarly to what I feel because when you Google like, uh, child who lost a parent or child who lost an estranged parent so you're going to either find stuff for like a young kid or you're going to mm. find you're going to find people who are like yeah I felt nothing when I found out and I, I mean and I guess you know I'm not going to judge someone by how they feel you know everybody grieves differently and that's perfectly okay but I just didn't I couldn't find anyone that I felt like was feeling what I was feeling um, and so I stumbled across that Facebook group and I just I was like, I'm just going to put this out there and see if it resonates with anyone. It did. <laughs> I think it's awesome. And I think it's awesome that you did that. It's, uh, it, it's, the, that's why this podcast exists, right? We don't want anybody to feel like they are on an Island by themselves because, you know, they're, you're not. And I think the more we talk about these things and more we recognize how similar we are, um, you know, and, and, and we're all connected. And um, so have you found some solace um, through that or therapy or what, you know, what are you doing now that is helping you get through that makes you feel good, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's tough. Um, one thing that good that has come out of this is that I've, uh, I've, you know, I always said one day I'll have a good relationship with his sisters. Um, one day I'll get to know them better. One day I'll have enough money to travel to Alaska and visit them and we'll all just be super close. Um, and I think that I have finally realized that one day it just needs to be now. Yeah. Um, so I, 
have reconnected with his sisters and we've been having uh zoom happy hours and it's been yeah it's it's wonderful um getting to know them and hearing about my dad and his upbringing and kind of putting that upbringing into perspective of what I learned after he passed and what I experienced in my own childhood. Um, it's been, I think, really good for me. Well, I think that's another, another point too, is that because while you, you could talk to your mom and she could tell you stories about when you were little, you, she could tell you stories about her family, but part of your existence, part of your identity, you know, he's half of you. And that part, the half was kind of a mystery for a long time. You know, you, you kind of, you knew your dad, but you didn't know the entire story. Now you get to, 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 to build your sense of belonging and, and your, your, who am I? Like, how did I end up in this world? And I think that's gotta be really validating too. So. Yeah, it's been awesome. I mean, because yeah, I mean, I am like biologically half him, but my face is 100% him. Like we, I, oh, look, wow. I look exactly <laughs> like him, um, except I'm whiter. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, it, I've always, he's been, him, his entire family has been an enigma to me my entire life. I've always wanted to know more about the, you know, everything about our family and, you know, he would never give me much when I would ask, um, you know, I think the most that I ever got from him, oddly enough, was the last time that I ever saw him in person, and I didn't even ask, he just started telling me about some stories from his childhood that I had never heard before, um, and that was, I remember that, that caught me off guard, because, you know, every time I had asked before that, I was just kind of shut down, but then he just offers this information up out of nowhere. And it just so happened to be the last time that I saw him. Wow. So in this podcast, um, as we start to kind of wind down, uh, we have this thing we do where we, we pose this, this uh, sentence to our guests and we have them finish the sentence. It can mm -hmm. be a single word. It can be another few words, whatever you want to say, but if you were going to end uh, to end the sentence, grief is, how would you end that sentence? Well, I, I don't know. I guess I would say that grief is infinite and it is unique to every single person. Uh, you really can't judge another person's <laughs> journey. I'm so sorry about my dogs. <laughs> no, we're, they're really cute. They're really cute, uh, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you really just kind of can't judge what another person is doing to manage their grief. That everybody, everybody does things differently, and it's just a—it's your own journey. Absolutely. Yeah, but that, that, that's a really great explanation of it. I think that's really true. Yeah, it, it, like you know, to Jamie's credit, you know, like we're not on islands, but we, but we're still kind of have like our own individualized process for for these things. Um, so right. This this was just a really fascinating story, Jack. Wow! Yeah, yeah like it's just thank it's, you, <laughs> thank well, you for sharing with us. Like, like I kind of I said earlier, it's kind of like therapy for me today because I have so many issues <laughs> with my dad, um, and and thinking about like what would happen if one day he wasn't there and how would I process that. So now you're making me put the work in. So thanks a lot for that. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're I mean, you're definitely gonna impact some folks for sure with this one. <laughs>
the um you know one thing that i whenever he passed there was a song that got stuck in my head immediately almost immediately um and it was brand new day by sting and it's because when i was young uh when i was a little kid like seven or so he would come to pick me up from school sometimes and his car didn't have ac so he had the windows rolled down and he would be playing this song and I would hear it and I would just get so amped up and excited to see my dad. Um, and that song got stuck in my head and, you know, and looking at looking deeper into like the meaning of the song, you know, Sting intended it to be just an optimistic song. You know, it's, it's a brand new day. It's a new beginning. And I mean, I think that even in, these really, really dark times, you know, there's always some growth and there's always something to look forward to. And there's always some happiness on the horizon at some point. That's, You're here. That's, that's amazing. Jackie, um, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Uh, thank you for telling this, this really just, just depth, deep story. Um, and I, I really appreciate you being here. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much. All right, everyone. Uh, well, that wraps today's episode. Uh, thank you so much for being here. We'll talk to you later. Bye, everyone. Thanks.